Great. Thank you so much, uh, guys on the PA. You know, we've got a, a team here, some uh, familiar and some new, uh, who are making it work. If you're at home, uh, sorting out the sound, they worked really hard over the last couple of weeks. Uh, so thank you uh, to that. We've got team upstairs. Uh, Helen's just sorting out uh, the room for Tiddlywinks, Sunday School. And um, we're really appreciative of all those who are making our return happen. But as ever in these things, there's always room for more. So if you would love to get involved with the PA, the sound, uh, for toddlers, um, for children's work, other areas, come speak to myself, uh, Dave, drop us uh, a message. Don't wait, actually, there is room in this church for, for us all to find the place we love to serve. That's part of being a body. And uh, so that'd be great. Well done. Thanks, Tim. As I say, uh, paper testimonies. It's good. You know the before and after? You've seen those programs. What was the one recently, you know, where they go in that barn and they do up the, hair, the heirlooms? What's that called? You know, the, you, you take your old stuff, Teddy. Repair shop. Okay, I, that's really popular, I understand, isn't it? And they used to, you know, there's the Homes Under the Hammer one. There's all those sort of programs, the before and after. You even get, you know, some of the fitness programs, the SAS programs, don't you? Where they take some of the guys and girls and they shove them to Wales and, and, and they do all the stuff and then right at the end, you know, you have someone that comes through. Or there's this thing being on the internet, one of these memes or memes, memes. Whatever, a meme, okay. You know, they get the, uh, this is how it started. And you see a picture of a scrawny lad or something. And this is how it finished. And then you say, oh, wow, a famous actor or, you know, someone that's done something uh, amazing. Richard Branson in the little shop selling some LPs. This is how it started. This is how it finished. There he is up in Virgin Galactic. Actually, the Bible is also just like that, a before and an after. And we're going through each, uh, many of the epistles in these few weeks. And uh, today's one, Galatians, is a before and after. And uh, so Paul is writing to the Galatians. I'll tell you about that in a minute. Uh, a church scattered um, across Turkey, in effect. So when you read Galatia, think, oh, it's central, central Turkey. So it's all about before and after and how the before and after happens. What's in the middle is what we've been talking about and singing about this morning. So Paul, that's actually his before is, is, has a different name, Saul. Okay, Saul, his before is he is very religious. Okay, he counts it, actually he's scored top marks at religious school. He's learned all the texts. He's had the top teacher of the nation. He's very well versed. He's born and bred into it. And he's a he's gold star, your top pupil of, of Jewish history, Jewish culture, religious observance. He is he's top of the class. Okay, so much so that he gives himself to the message of Judaism, the, the Old Testament, following the rituals. So much so that he is deeply offended that there are now a new sect traveling around saying, Jesus Christ is the one. Jesus Christ is the way to God. Jesus Christ has opened up. Jesus Christ has even called himself God. Paul is so, Saul is so incensed. His before is, we have to hunt these irreligious Christians down. They are not following the law. They're, they're not keeping, they're, they're talking of something new. It's quite likely, 
bit of supposition, but it's quite likely Paul, what he was raised in Jerusalem, it's educated, he was quite likely around and seeing Jesus. He quite likely was part of the crowd that would have witnessed the trial, the prosecution of Jesus Christ. He was old enough, um, and so it, perhaps he's watching this, this guy that calls himself God. He was so enraged, his avowed life mission was to find Christians, hunt you down, and if I find you, I will kill you. As in true Liam Neeson thought, he would hunt them down, and he would, he would I, it sounded like Liam Neeson, Neeson was in the room, didn't it? <laughs> he would hunt them down, and he would persecute them, feed them to the, he would, he would engage every breath he had to kill this irreligious sect. That's his before. Now we can read in a minute, Paul says, Paul, an apostle, sent not from men nor by man, but by Christ and God the Father. What happened? This Jesus, who Paul hated with every fiber, appeared to Paul, a soul on the road, in a, in a, a lightning and sound. He fell from his donkey. He was stunned into silence. He was dumb for days. He was led to a city where another Christian came and prayed for him and Saul met Jesus Christ face to face. Many of us showing our bits of paper, we've had that moment, haven't we? We move from a before and then we can read of an after. So for Saul, the Christ hater, he became freshly commissioned as an apostle. What's happened? Jesus Christ, the grace of Jesus has changed him changed him. Let me read you, start of Galatians. This is how he starts. So imagine all of that history. It's still in his head. He hasn't forgotten it. But all of that venom, hatred, murder, terrorist. Paul, an apostle. I'm an apostle. I'm sent not from men, nor by a man, but I'm sent by Jesus Christ. The one I hate, the one I persecute, and God the Father, who raised him from the dead. And all the brothers and sisters with me. Brothers and sisters with Saul, you are such a venomous guy. Brothers and sisters with me. To the churches in Galatia. Where's the venom? Grace and peace, he says. Grace and peace to you from God our Father. And the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sin to rescue us from the present evil age, according to the will of God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Something's happened in Paul's heart, hasn't it? Big time. Big time. What's he doing? He's reminding them of a transformation. A transformation in Saul to Paul has led to a transformation in the family. Now he's saying with brothers and sisters. With brothers and sisters, Saul, the one who's out to capture and kill, has become Saul with a family. Hey, you're my brothers and sisters. What's it like when Saul meets you when you know that he's as killed and hunted your father, your brother, your sister, persecuted and killed them because they were Christian? What happens? How does Paul, you're my brother and sister. The grace of God has transformed Saul in his heart He's transformed his family connection. And also now he writes to the churches. 
Not, I will hunt you down, and if I find, not that I'm going to kill you, but now, grace and peace to you. What's happened? The grace and peace of Jesus has entered Saul's heart, and has won into brothers and sisters, and now it's gone wider to a region. Grace comes to one, gives them family, reaches a region. There's a before and the after, so much bigger, so much richer. And that's a message for us all. The grace of Jesus comes to one, he gives us family, and he calls us to a region. Grace and peace to us becomes grace and peace to us, becomes grace and peace to Kettering or Northamptonshire or wherever you are watching from. See, the message of Jesus is not about a moral code, as Liz was talking to her class. It is not. The message of Jesus is not behave well and you get into heaven. The message of Jesus is not live a moral, upright life. And if you're in the you know, US, this is the way you vote. Or if you're in, you know, this is the way, you, this is the way Christians vote. These are the papers or these are the things that Christians do. Friends, Jesus did not come to win us to any of that. He came in effect to tear up all those things. He says, I've come to give you myself. I've come to give you myself. The grace of Jesus transforms us completely. And see, it's the, at the bottom line, and here's the bit I want you to, to capture and take home if you like. It's not our past that defines us any longer. If you are in Christ, our past does not define us. Yeah? Well, other way around. Okay? So if our past does not define us, for me I've written a sense of rejection. Actually, the part, the, what defines me now is a deep acceptance by God. Same for Saul. It's not his past that defines him. Friends, for us, it is not our past that defines us. But here's the thing, I find that many of us spend our lives trying to run from our past. To trying to escape from it. Trying to undo some of the things. Things that have been said, the things that have happened. Friends, actually, the grace of Jesus has put us in a different place. It has removed us from these things. Our past does not define. Paul would tell us. So let me tell you more. See, the verses speak of this. Grace and peace to you from God our Father who gave himself for our sins to rescue us. To rescue us. Friends, has Jesus rescued us or has he not? Why do we live our lives like he hasn't quite rescued us? Why do we live our lives like I just need to try a bit as well as what he's done and hopefully the two of us together can sort out the rescue. Friends, living in grace means I'm entirely abandoned to what he has done. There is nothing in me that tries to add or improve or grow or develop. Like I said the other week, what makes us think that there's anything in us that could add a little bit to help God think, actually, you're not a bad chap after all. How was I so mistaken? What makes us think that it was enough just to, oh, okay, come on, in you come. Come and know my love. Come. Friends, there is nothing. There is nothing. Isaiah 
gives a very graphic picture of what we think our righteous acts are like. So excuse the excuse the just the earthiness, but Isaiah said, our righteous acts are like a menstrual cloth, are like a sanitary tap. Our righteous acts are are dirty before God. That in no sense uh, we're not talking about femininity here or fem- you know, we're talking about what we think is righteous, God would say. You're way off the mark. <laughs> Friends, it's entirely his grace. The message of Jesus is not in any sense about self-improvement. Okay, if I follow Jesus, it improves my, uh, improves my social standing, my moral standing. Friends, the message of Jesus is a transformation, a before and an after. It's not Paul's l- previous life that defines him, and it's no longer our past that defines us. Is that how we live? Paul goes after the Galatians and says, that's what you came in on, but now you're starting to live like it's our past and what we do that brings us into right relationship with God. He doesn't just say it's a little bit erroneous. Erroneous, you're in error. He says you've moved away from Christ. I read that this week in Galatians. You read through chapter 1. and He says you've moved away from Christ. It's not just you've moved away from a bit of good theology. You've moved from Christ. Friends, any time any of us add a little bit of performance or law, we've moved away from Christ. I think, God, forgive me. Have mercy on me. Friends, any time a little bit of performance, a little bit of acceptance, if, if I can do right, I'll be received, that means we've, remo- we've, we've moved away from Christ. God, have mercy on us. See, there's been a death, it says here, a death to rescue us. You know, we understand, we spoke of it, we sang of it. Who is love vast as the ocean. Friends, death came through Jesus, that life comes to us. There's our before. We were dead, now we're alive. There was nothing in us that made that transaction happen at all. There was nothing in me that brought me from death to life. It was all his work. Holy Spirit, show me. Where do I move back into? And there was a little bit of me. I wasn't that bad. Or I've tried really hard this week. God, may we move in living grace. Friends, let's not move away from Christ. Between the death and resurrection of Christ, there's an overflow. There's a compassionate overflow of giving and rescue. Jesus Christ rescued. He entered our world and lifted us out. And in the process, he died. In the process, he was the one that was crushed for our iniquity. Jesus gave himself for Paul and he gives himself for you and I. Whatever our past. I love it, the picture that Diane, the, the words that you show, just talking, the transformation that God has brought in our lives. He's come to lift us up. He's come to carry us in our sin. He brings us rightness, righteousness. The heart and the rescue, the cure and the transformation from God is his grace. It's his grace completely. What's God's grace? It's his favor and his riches. 
I was trying to think of an expression, a story, what could illustrate. And there isn't anything that comes anywhere near the grace and the extravagance of God that I could find and think of. But just, I, I don't know, I just imagine, imagine you've got a really shiny new car and someone in the, on the motorway cuts you up, crashes into it and wrecks your car. Okay? You, they, they damage irreparably what you have earned, bought. So you, 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 you want the, f- generally you would want the full force of the law expressed towards them, wouldn't you? You would want them to pay for what they have done. Whether in the court, in the jail, with the insurance, you would want them to pay. You have done this. Imagine they've robbed something, they've taken something from you that is irreplaceable. Well, mercy would be not to pursue them in the court. Okay, mercy would be to show kindness to them. Mercy would be, okay, I'm not going to pursue you and hunt you down. And if I find you, okay, mercy, mercy is not to go to that extreme. Mercy is to show kindness. But that's not grace. So sometimes we think, okay, God has been mercy. He's not given us what we deserve. I deserve this and that. Actually, God's not given me. Thank you. Okay, that's not grace. That's, that's mercy. That's kindness. That's leniency. It may be in our eyes. They deserved it, surely. Mercy is to not get what you deserve. To not get it. I deserve a real telling off, but I didn't get it. The teacher, the policeman... I've shown mercy, okay? But what's grace? Grace is to say to the person that's crashed into you, let me buy you a new car. Let me buy you a new car. They they don't deserve that, Adrian. They deserve some points. They deserve prosecution. They deserve to know. They need to be punished. Grace is to, actually, I'm going to, I'd like to pay for your new car. I can see yours has been damaged. Oh, okay. Grace starts to grind because everything in us, we like justice. Grace is to show extravagant love. Can you imagine the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ? The grace of God expressed to us when we have killed his son. Everything in us, there needs to be some punishment. God's grace is to, I want you to receive the inheritance of the son you've killed. That's grace. Oh man, help us. So Paul says, if we move away from grace, we move away from the gracious one. If we moved away from the gracious one, we've been robbed of freedom and delight in fellowship. You ever had those times you think, I can't just... I need to read a bit more because I've not read so much. Or maybe even in this time of COVID and lockdown, you think, I haven't been able to do some of the Christian things I used to do. Maybe health, maybe life circumstances. I have a child, I have a baby, I have a sick relative. Maybe there's things happening in our lives where I can't do some of the Christian things I used to do. What's our response to that? If our response is in any sense we've lost salvation or we've lost God's affirmation, we're not living in grace. 
there's any sense that I am less before God because I don't do these things, we're not living in grace. If there's any sense, sometimes Dave or Adrian might ask you to do some things in Open Door Church. If there's any sense that I am less because I wasn't asked, we're not living in grace. If there's any sense that when I do do something, I feel, I did quite, you know, what, what do you think? How did I do? If there's any sense of performance, thought, acceptance, because how well we do, we're not living in grace. God, hunt it out. Otherwise, we've moved away from the gracious one. All of grace is found in all of him. That's where we find grace. Friends, we don't find grace anywhere else. I have a limited supply of grace in me, if you know what I mean. Uh, he's, his supply in me is full, but my, my supply sometimes runs out. We don't find grace in, maybe we find more grace in leaders, but you know what I mean. We find grace in him. Your supply of grace comes not from me, but from him. Friends, in Open Door Church, we're in this season of looking again afresh to the grace of Jesus Christ and finding freedom. Where we found law, where we found instruction that is restricted, we're finding freedom. And we want to keep speaking freedom and permission across Open Door. Creativity and life in Eden Centre, in our homes. We want to see the freedom of Christ expressed because that's grace. Any sense of walking a tightrope of approval from eldership. We want the lift because you have his approval. You have his approval, Christ Jesus. And my, my uh, illustration or my definition of grace, you know, the car crash, that is so tiny compared to the true grace. So what I would say, if it doesn't sound outrageous and outrageously liberating, it's not grace. I think many of us, we've come to, come to a sort of internal definition that's short of what scriptural, biblical grace is. Because the... The true response to hearing grace is, that is outrageous. It's outrageously liberating. That's the true response. How could it be that much? How could it be that free? How could it be that lavish? Surely they don't deserve it. Oh, caught out. Friends, unless it's outrageously liberating, I would say it's not grace. Where have we settled? Where have we capped it? Because of history, because of our lives, because of our journeys, where have we capped it? In short, mercy is God not giving us what we deserve. Grace is giving us everything that we don't deserve. It should lead us to think, I don't deserve that. No, you don't. But it's a free gift in its entirety. How much grace does God have? We've mentioned before grace and peace last week it comes out of who he is he doesn't bring some or give some he is some so the Lord appearing to Moses Moses says show us who you are God says I'll show you my goodness I'll show you my name I'll show you who I am and this is what he says if I can find the verse where's it gone my name's the Lord, the compassionate and gracious one. That's what God says in Exodus 34, Psalm 103, keeps appearing, God, the gracious and compassionate one. That's who he is. It's not what he has, it's who he is. 
So God is always expressing grace and compassion. Isn't that great? We come to him. There's a book, if you get time over the holiday, a quite uh, readable uh, book, short chapters, big lighting, not many pictures, but uh, okay, it's called God Has a Name. Just would recommend it uh, on Amazon and other booksellers uh, available. God Has a Name by John Mark Connor, uh, I believe. God has a name. It unpacks this phrase that keeps coming through Scripture. You think, what's God like? He's like his name. What's his name? The Lord, the gracious and compassionate one. Friends, if we get hold of that, we start to find, there's so much more to him than I realized. Jesus is also full, you see, of grace, compassion. This is what John said. The word became flesh, dwelled among us, and from his fullness, his fullness, We've all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So here we go. Paul before the persecutor. Paul with grace. He's now the apostle sent. Paul before. He's he's the Christ persecutor. He's hunting down Christians. Now Galatians says, my brothers and sisters with me he's in family Paul before traveling around let's find those Christians and if I find them Paul now says to the church in Galatia across Turkey grace and peace to you every single one of us receives grace for our lives grace for family and grace for a region isn't that great God has enlarged done so much in us we're a people sent by grace, with grace. So why don't I pray? Run out of time. Why don't we pray? God, would you fill me? Come and feed me with who you are. See, the bread we received is Christ. When we receive the bread of life, we receive not a message, but we receive the messenger. Christ, come and live in me. Come and reproduce your grace. Let's come. Just invite us to come before him. Open our hearts. So much more to say about grace. But Holy Spirit, we invite you to come into our hearts. Lord, would you wheedle out law, performance, striving, measuring, All those words are not of grace. Ought to. That's not a grace word. Should. That's not a grace word. God's written his law in our hearts. It's now want to. Come Holy Spirit. Why don't you ask him... Holy Spirit, would you show me where there's law in my heart? Where there's more room for grace? Would you lead me? The way he leads us is he puts his finger on something. He calls us to repent, confess. If we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us. Our Lord, come. I pray for your peace now. 
opens our church, receive God's peace. Receive God's peace. Receive his peace. Amen. We're finished there. Thank you so much. Everybody that's taken part, you'll have seen the letter in your inboxes. If you haven't, there is a change coming up um, nationally tomorrow. Um, Mars and all. Uh, certainly for the uh, immediate future, we're asking please, would you continue to wear masks on Sunday? Next week, we will all be invited to sing, but again, we would ask, please, uh, continue to wear uh, masks uh, for this time being. We just think it, because we're part of a family. We're part of families. Okay, for me, no. What about how others are also affected? So please come with us on this journey. Um, are there any other changes? We are increasing the numbers because uh, we do have space. So if you're watching at home, we don't need to come every other week because we want to leave space. Gracious thought, but there's plenty of room um, in the hall for us still to be spaced out. Um, but God bless you. Uh, we'd love to see you next week. Have a great week. Enjoy the sun, ice creams, and all the rest. <laughs>